The Medrash famously relates how Avram went about publicizing Hashem's name in the world. Hashem would have, Avram Avinu would have guests in his tent. After they would eat and drink, they would want to thank Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu would say, it wasn't my food that you ate, you should be thanking and praising the one who created the world. If they agreed to bench, then all was fine and good. If not, Avram Avinu would start charging them a very high bill, explaining to them that in the desert, where else would you get food? Obviously, things are very, very expensive in the desert. And when they realize that they don't have much of a choice, they would go ahead and say, Baruch Keloilam, thank Hashem, the creator of the world, whose food we have eaten. And the question is a very obvious one. We all understand that those guests that willingly accepted to thank Hashem are starting to get some sort of appreciation to understand about the creator of the world. But what is the point of forcing someone to bench Hashem if he's totally uninterested in benching? He's only doing it now in order to avoid paying the bill. Now, if we would be speaking about a Yid, we would be able to say that the Rambam tells us, we know the famous Psaq of the Rambam, that a Yid deep down inside wants to do all the right things. He wants to do all the mitzvahs. Just needs sometimes that little bit of a push. But how can we explain it in this case with Avraham Avinu dealing <coughs> with these non-Jews? Now, the Yafei Toyer, one of the Mepharshim and the Medrish, wants to explain that in fact it's possible that many of these people were really not meaning it sincerely at all and were deceiving Avraham Avinu by pretending to bench. But Avraham Avinu was just doing his part. But the Rebbe says it's very, very difficult to say this because we know that the Medrish says that Hashem says, I consider Avraham Avinu my partner in creation because of it, the way he publicized my name to all of the people. And it's very difficult to say this when we're saying that so many of these people completely didn't even mean it and had no recognition in Hashem whatsoever other than being forced to say a few words. In order to explain this, the Rebbe is going to go through a few different stages of explaining how sometimes by breaking someone, by admonishing, by rebuking, this itself achieves certain things as we will see in the continuation of the Sikha. The Rebbe starts off with the story of the Miraglim, as the Alter Rebbe explains it in Tanya. The Miraglim originally say that Hashem wouldn't be able to manage to bring the Yidin into Eretz Yisrael. The nations are stronger, so to speak, than Hashem. The Yidin cry when they hear this and they in fact think that they will not be able to go into Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu speaks very, very harshly to them about how they're going to die in the desert and so on. And suddenly they're all saying, yes, we want to go up. We want to go into Eretz Yisrael. Now, there were no miracles performed. At this point, why are they suddenly believing? And the Alter Rebbe explains it because really, again, deep down inside, every Yid wants to do the right thing. Sometimes there's an outer thicker layer that's blocking and all that needs is that this thick layer needs to be penetrated, needs to be broken, and then that inner desire comes out. The Rebbe gives another example. The Rebbe speaks about a mission in Perkei that says, there's a baskel that comes out of Har Choyrev, which is Har Sinai, and says, woe to the creations, to the creatures, Librios, because of the disgrace of the Torah, they're causing such disgrace to the Torah by not learning Torah. And that, and what's happening over here again, what, the Rebbe explains, why is it that the baskel doesn't come out and just speak about the beauty of Torah, the greatness of Torah, and so on. But sometimes we're speaking about someone that's so lowly, that just speaking about the greatness of Torah might not help. And therefore, what he really needs is a bit of admonishing, a bit of rebuke, a bit of telling off in a strong way. And that itself is going to take off that thickness, that coarseness that's blocking the neshama. And once that's removed, the yid wants to go ahead and learn Torah. But in the meantime, we're still speaking about a situation 
where spirituality matters to the person to some sort of extent. It matters to him the lowly situation that he's in. And when he's being told off of how lowly and disgraceful this is, so he wants to become better. We sometimes have a situation that goes even further than that or lower than that. That his whole spiritual state doesn't even concern him. And all that needs to be done is really being told off. And the goal in a certain sense is almost right now just the telling off. That through this at least he will become a keli for Kedusha. In other words, at this point it's not about revealing what's there. It's more that he should become a keli to even be able to absorb anything at all. And the Rebbe gives an example of a story in the Gemara. Where Rabbi Lazar, the son of Rabbi Shimon, comes to a town. He meets a person that looks, well, according to the way we're understanding now, physically very ugly. And, Rabbi, and he wants to give Shalom Aleichem to Rabbi Lozer. Rabbi Lozer says, you empty vessel, how ugly you are. The person, taken aback, says to him, why don't you go to the uman, to the craftsman that has made me, and tell him what kind of ugly vessel he has made. What's going on in this story? How does Rabbi Lozer speak this way to a person? And doesn't Rabbi Lozer know that Hashem made this person? But the explanation, says the Rebbe, is that we're speaking really about a spiritual ugliness. Rabbi Laza looks at this person and he doesn't see him in any sort of quality at all. Rabbi Laza doesn't even see in him the quality of what the Alter Rebbe refers to in Tanya as Briois, which means sometimes a person doesn't have any quality. The only thing you could say about him is at least he's created by Hashem. But some people, even that's not noticeable in them, their connection to Hashem. So Rabbi Laza sees that the only way of dealing with this person is really telling him off strongly speaking in a way that's going to break him, going to break that thickness, that coarseness. And in fact, that's exactly what happens. What does this person turn around immediately and say? Go to the craftsman who made me. That means he's starting to feel already that there's someone that created him. He's starting to feel a connection to Hashem. And because of what was that? Because of this form of breaking him. The Rebbe says another story, a story with the Rebbe Rashab. So in the early years of the Nasis of the Rebbe Rashab, a man comes into the Rebbe Rashab with a big, big problem for which he needed a major bracha, and the Rebbe Rashab says, Sir, I can't help you. The person goes out of the Rebbe Rashab's room, out of Yechidus, breaks down crying. He meets the Razor, the Rebbe Rashab's brother. When he asks him what happened, he tells him what happened. The Razor goes in to the Rebbe Rashab, and he says, why don't you help this person? Give him a bracha. He's breaking down crying. So the Rebbe Rashab says, call the person back in. The person comes in, the Rebbe Rashab gives him the bracha, and the bracha is fulfilled. And the question is, why did the Rebbe Rashab just tell him, I can't help you? Why couldn't the Rebbe Rashab, at least, even if he can't help him, why can't he at least give him some words of encouragement, and words of, of, of emunah and bitochoin? Give him some words to encourage him in some way. But the answer is similar to what we just said. The Rebbe Rashab saw this person as completely, because of his lowliness, his coarseness, completely not a vessel, not a keli, for the bracha that he needs. So the Rebbe Rashab tells him, I can't help you. But by this person going out, breaking down, crying, davening to Hashem, now he did become a keli to this bracha. Now he become, became like a new mitzis, like a new entity who's deserving of this bracha. Says the Rebbe, this kind of way of breaking someone, when we're not speaking about arousing, awakening his neshama, but it's first about removing the coarseness, in a general way, this is shayach by a goy as well. The difference is only by the yid that has a neshama, nefesh is, we say that the pnimius is always good, the breaking is only gonna, needs to break the outer layer, you need to reveal what's already inside over there. By the goy, it's gonna work slightly different. What we're gonna say is, when we break him, it's gonna cause in him at least the ability that he should now be able to reach those levels 
that a goy could reach. In other words, it's not about revealing what's inside, but at least there's many levels that a goy could also reach. Before, because of his courses, he couldn't reach there. Now, by breaking that courses, he will be able to reach those levels that he should be able to reach. Now we can understand very well, says the Rebbe, the story with Avraham Avinu. Because even a guy is able to recognize that there's a, a, a boss to this beautiful palace. There's an Abishta that created this world. So Avram goes ahead and tries to publicize, and he does publicize to all people about Hashem. He explains it to them and so on. When Avram Avinu encounters a person, that with all of the explanation, the person just doesn't get it because of his lowliness, because of his coarseness. So in order to break that thickness, that coarseness, Avram Avinu brings this person to a certain level of distress. And what does that cause? What it causes is that now finally, he's not benching because of the distress. Now finally, when when the coarseness, when the thickness was broken, now he could start finally internalizing, really getting those explanations that Avram had given him about thanking Hashem. Now he could start being sensitive to that message as well. Says the Rebbe, the Hoyro is a very, very clear one. And a simple one. We need to go out there and be Makarov every single Yid. And we need to be with kind of every person and in a way, even if you have to give him food and drink like Avraham Avinu did. In some cases, we may even have to apply certain pressure. Obviously, in the ways of Torah, which are all pleasant ways. Now, a person can come along and argue, what's the point? What's the benefit when we're managing to get someone to say a bracha, to say shema, to daven, to put on tefillin? If he's doing it unwillingly, he's just doing it to get rid of the person's pressure that's trying to pressure him to do it. Says the Rebbe, for this we have the story in the Torah. And with a Kalva Choymer, the Rebbe says, if this is true, the way Avraham Avinu achieved this with Goyim, and even before Matan Torah, how much more so when we speak about Yidin, that deep down inside every single Yid wants to do all of the mitzvahs. And it's possible that it should even come out in the most revealed way, not only in a forced way, in a hidden way. And that furthermore, that one mitzvah will lead to another mitzvah. So says the Rebbe, by acting in this way, by getting people to, like Avraham Avinu, that everyone should come to recognize Hashem, when we act in this way, this will also hasten the promise of Hashem that the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem. Through Mashiach will also force all the Eden to go in the ways of Torah. May it be speedily in our days.